Welcome! I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 517. We'll look at Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Let's read our passage. He will repay each one according to his works. Eternal life to those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality. But wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. There will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does what is good, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For there is no favoritism with God. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome, written from Corinth on his third missionary journey. Paul's trying to provide them just a, a theological understanding of the gospel and get things ready for his intended visit there. He wants to come and strengthen the church. The church is primarily a Gentile church, but there are a few Jews there probably. And he's basically given a, a big exposition of the nature of the gospel. And the section we're in now is really addressing the universal nature of sin, that everyone is separated from God because of sin. And there is no special status to anyone. Everyone is judged equally, and everyone is in need of forgiveness of sin. Everyone's accountable to God for this sin. The section here, uh, starting with chapter 2, verse 1, is really addressing the issue of the Jews. That the Jews are not in this special state where they're exempt from the judgment on sin, but they're judged just like everyone else. The last section we looked at, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, he used second person singular, you, where he was addressing the Jews as an ethnic group, that you guys are still sinners. You're not so special that you're going to escape judgment. Now he shifts gears here in verse 6, to third-person plural, where he's just talking about they, people in general. Because he's really talking now in this section about Jews and Gentiles together, even though he mentions them separately. But the whole point here is the universality of sin, the universality of judgment. So there's an interesting structure to this section, uh, verses 6 through 11, of parallelism. This is what they call a chiasm. It's because of the Greek letter chi, which looks like an X, where each little segment steps in toward the center and then steps back out. So verses 6 and 11 are parallel to each other. And verses 7 and 10 are parallel to each other. And verses 8 and 9 are parallel to each other. Now, most chiasms, the main point is the center part. But this one's a little different than usual. It's not the normal structure in that the first and last, so verses 6 and 11, are the main point. And then the uh, four verses in between are just amplifying that. So if you look at it, verse 6, he says, He will repay each one according to his works. So here he's just talking about the universality of each one, meaning anybody. He's not just talking about Jews. He's not just talking about Gentiles. He's talking about people. Everyone will be judged according to their works. 
And then verse 7, eternal life to those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality. Now, if we can't paraphrase each of these, we'll see how the parallelism works. So verse 6, uh, he will repeat each one according to his works. We could paraphrase that. God will judge everyone equitably. That is, God is fair. Verse 7, we could rephrase that. Those who do good will attain eternal life. Talk about the reward for doing what is right. Verse 8, he writes, But wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. We could paraphrase that as those who do evil will suffer wrath. Verse 9, There will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. We could paraphrase that as wrath for those who do evil. Basically saying the same thing as verse 8. Now, he does add the distinction between Jew and Greek. Then verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does what is good, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. So we could paraphrase that glory for those who do good. And finally, verse 11, for there's no favoritism with God. We could paraphrase that God judges impartially. So if we look at 6 and 11, 6, we paraphrased God will judge everyone equitably, and 11, God judges impartially, saying the same thing here, just that everyone will be judged fairly. Verses 7 and 10, we paraphrase 7 as those who do good will attain eternal life. And verse 10, glory for those who do good, is talking about reward for those who do well, who live right. Then 8, we paraphrase, those who do evil will suffer wrath. 9, we paraphrase, wrath for those who do evil. Let's talk about here judgment, God's wrath for those who are evil doers. So it's just, uh, it's very simple, really what he's saying here. And, and the biggest point is, is 6 and 11, God judges impartially. And he's getting against the idea amongst many of the Jews that they were this special class of people exempt from God's judgment because as long as they had the label Jew and the ethnicity of Jew and try to obey the law, then they're okay. Well, the point here is, you know, sin is universal. Everyone is responsible to God for their sin. Now, this sounds like salvation by works. God rewards those who do good and punishes those who do evil eternally. Well, he hadn't got to the part yet where he's talking about justification by faith. That comes later in the second half of chapter 3. What he's talking about here, his main point is that God judges impartially. The Jews are not this special class of people. And if you really wanted to analyze it in more view of the overall theology of Romans, verse 7, where he talks about those who persist in doing good, who seek glory and honor and immortality, that's impossible apart from being a follower of Christ, being guided by the Holy Spirit. And along with Paul's general assumption that how you live is the evidence of your faith, that you cannot have faith in Christ and live doing evil. It just doesn't work. And that those who are apart from God, they're unable to do good. So the the judgment here is based on your persistent lifestyle, which is the evidence of what your faith is. But what about good, moral, non-Christians? 
part of Paul's theology is you, you can't be a good moral non-Christian because you're denying the very nature of God. You're denying the authority of God in your life. So how can he be a good moral person who is an enemy of God? You can't be. So this is a, it is a simple section. Paraphrasing each of these verses, it shows the, the parallelism here, that God judges everyone impartially. And for those who live a lifestyle of holiness will be rewarded. Those who live a lifestyle of evil will suffer God's wrath. And don't read any more into it than that. That's his point, is the impartiality of God's judgment. Don't think that you're special because you are of the Jewish ethnicity and will be judged differently than anyone else. Everyone is judged the same. Not till we get to chapter 3, starting in verse 21, where he then starts really laying out the whole idea of justification by faith. Justification being how you are made right with God. And that only occurs through faith in Jesus Christ. So don't try to make this say that there's salvation by works. No, he's saying God judges based on your lives, but it's impartial not based upon who you are. So next time we'll start talking about actually the judgment and how that relates to the Jewish law. Then he's going to start talking about the limitations of the Mosaic covenant. Then we will get into justification by faith when we get to chapter 3, verse 21. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Romans.